What a feed. Try to get stick on stick, limit those assisting plays. Passes off. There's the cut and a goal. Absolutely mind-blowing. Terrific save. She takes it and scores. They don't make excuses. They keep believing. And the woman up, they get the extra possession out of the false start. And there it is. A flamethrower from the stick. Hi! Hello, hello. Welcome back to Tricks with Sticks. Welcome, I'm everybody. And I am Ashley. I don't know if you heard Ooh. that, but she is Delaney, just so we're clear. <laughs> um, yeah. How are you? I want to say, I want to say long time no see, but like I literally saw you like last weekend. So I, I know. Oh my God. I've literally seen you two weekends in a row and I'm seeing you this weekend. Oh my gosh. That's right. I forgot. Ew. It's my senior day. Ew. Oh my God. Soon there will be two NARPs. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll be the only one. <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm going to have to change our Instagram bio <laughs> to two, um, four, two former lacrosse players. Sad, sad RIP. Yeah, big sad. Um, how are you? How's LS? Law school for anybody who's confused. Me. I was confused trying to figure oh. that out. LS, law school. Oh, I thought you said LLS. And I was like, law something. <laughs> no, law school. How's law school? Um, actually, it's not horrific at the time being. Knock on wood. We're in like this fake it's the calm before the storm essentially I turned in (laughs) I turned in my big project for the semester I did my oral arguments for the semester and I'm in this like limbo time period right in between like all my projects being turned in and then final season hitting um crazy I so yeah I've I'm actually probably in a better place this semester than I was last semester. Um, I don't know. It's just like having a notch in your belt kind of thing. And I'm like, okay, I know what I need to do. And I've definitely done a lot more outlining by this point, um, like right now than I had done at this point last semester. So that's huge for me, setting myself up for success. I think I've also been a little more on top of my game because, um, okay, in this weird world, I'm just, I'm just better at life when I have a lot going on. So I have been more rigid in my scheduling and studying, um, because I am coaching, as you all know, I actually have my first game, our first game tomorrow. I'm a little nervous. It's my first game as a coach. I'm excited. It's going to be good. So none of you can see what's happening right now, but Ash is in a study room. Oh, (laughs) Oh, so stupid. Tell me right now that you were writing that on the board. So you could be like, Oh, it's decoration. (laughs) I was, I was. So, okay. Let me, let me recap what just happened. (laughs) While Delaney was explaining um, law school, I turned around in the study room that I am in to write chicks with sticks on the whiteboard that is directly behind me. However, um, if you don't know how cameras work, 
Um, they <laughs> invert the image. So therefore, it does not say chicks with sticks for you. It does when I turn around and look at it, but not for the camera. So it just it says chicks with sticks for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, good. It does not say <laughs> it for me. That's so funny. No, it does for me. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. Oh yeah. Cause yours probably, I mean, you're looking like straight on whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, I have a, I'm going to have a great screen grab for our, for our post next week or this week, I guess. Jeez. Thursday. Yeah. Usually we record a week ahead, but spoiler alert. That is not so much of a spoiler alert is that we had a guest on the podcast. So we did that last week, but now we're recording an intro because as I'm sure you all know, since you are listening to our podcast, Ash and I love to chat. So it ended up being a lot longer than we originally anticipated. And then we had to go sleepy, 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 because we are busy women with a lot to do. And it was very late. So now we are recording the intro after. There was absolutely no reason for me to explain that. I don't even remember where that thought was coming from. Well, and that's the magic of podcasting, folks. You never know when. Yeah, um, I could make us say anything I wanted when I edit this, honestly. Um, Okay, anyway. Um, yes, as Lenny said, we do have a special guest this week as well as our final part in the coaching series. I think so. Okay, sure. We'll do like mini series because it's a mini series. Yeah. Maybe it'll like. Yeah, it can just, yeah, it can just come. Okay. So the final part in this first chunk of our coaching series, it may come back. Um, we may have some other guests in that genre but for now this is our this is our um kind of wrap up for the coaching series um we have a a a special guest that is very near and dear to our hearts um uh coach Haley O'Hanlon she was our graduate assistant at Wilkes um she played at Colgate she played professionally for the Baltimore Ride um she is now the assistant coach at Bucknell. Um, so she's, she's bebopped around quite a bit. She's, she's done a lot. Yeah. So without any further ado, we are happy to introduce Haley to the Chicks with Sticks community. Enjoy the rest of the episode. (laughs) Hello. Welcome to Chicks with Sticks. Hi. I'm Ashley. I'm Delaney. I'm Haley. This is our guest, Haley O'Hanlon. Yes, welcome. Welcome, thank welcome. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. So exciting. This is the third part in our coaching series. Technically fourth. fourth. Technically fourth, yeah. 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 Um. Well, welcome to the pod. We're so excited to have you. Excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> sometimes I forget that they don't see me and that's probably a good thing but I'll like make motions with my hands and (laughs) yeah I was like am I supposed to like be animate like am I supposed to do things but we already covered this but I'm Haley O'Hanlon um I'm a I'm from Garden City New York on Long Island I was like trying to do the math before but I've been playing for about 18 years which is kind of crazy to think about um, started at like eight or nine. And I also sometimes forget how old I am. So like, sometimes wow, you're long. old. Yeah, I'm old. 
happened. I know it's crazy. <laughs> um, I got into lacrosse. I was say, at least from what I remember, is from my mom. She played in high school, and she was really into it. So she would be in the street teaching me how to throw and catch. And it was really weird that I was naturally going in my left hand, being that I'm a dominant righty in everything else. So she was kind of wondering why that was happening, but she was also like, mm, it's good to have a lefty because everyone else is typically righty. Yeah. So we just kind of went with it. But yeah, um, I, when I was little, I mean, I just loved doing things. I mean, I don't think I knew back then that I just loved things that involved competition. But even though it was, might have not been my favorite sport at the time, I was like, oh, I get to hang out with friends and learn something new and be aggressive and throw a ball in a net. Nice. <laughs> what other sports did you play growing up? Because like I was one of those kids that tried out literally everything. Yeah. I mean, I have three older siblings. So... I played probably everything and anything like I did softball, basketball, soccer, played like tennis with my family. Um, trying to think I ran track. Um, trying to think of like other sports, but whatever my siblings did, I definitely always tried. Um, and whatever we did as a family, just always got involved in. So I was always doing something because even now my parents like still play on tennis teams and stuff. So athletics has always been a big part. When did you exactly like start being competitive with lacrosse? Like what was that journey like? Yeah. So I being from Garden City, um, when I got to high school at the time, my high school team was ranked number two in the country. But at the time I was so much more devoted to soccer and just grew up loving that more. I still enjoyed lacrosse, but like lacrosse didn't have my heart at the time. So getting into high school and thinking about future colleges and whatnot, my dad was like, why don't we give up one of your travel soccer teams and start <clears throat> club lacrosse or at least try it? If schools don't start looking at you or you just decide you don't want to do it, we can go back to soccer because they recruit later. So I started playing for Liberty Lacrosse. Um, so I guess my freshman or sophomore year of high school. So it's definitely a little later than most people nowadays getting into it. And I mean, even back then, it was still late to start um, club lacrosse. But I would say doing that and being on a successful high school team definitely turned me to love it more and playing club all through the four years. I still loved soccer so much because I was still playing on my town team and high school team, um, but definitely started transitioning over to the lacrosse side. Yeah, I mean, I didn't play club lacrosse and I didn't even like play my last two years of high school, which is kind of crazy. But <laughs> how was like, I just, how was the... in environment you in high school with such a competitive high school team because like mine wasn't even that competitive like we were a like growing program at the time because it was still pretty new in my area and just like I mean you know how high school girls can be mm -hmm. so how was that like for you because in my high school like the lacrosse girls had like the stereotype of being extra catty 
was definitely different. I, you know, even still say now, not like the most confrontational, just kind of do what I'm told, especially a little freshman. I was five foot my freshman year, a little nothing missing, like my two canines freshman year, got them pulled because they were still baby teeth, which was just wild to think about. They weren't even like a little loose. So just another great thing to deal with going into high school. Wait, not related at all. But when I was a sophomore in high school, I had to have an expander in my mouth and I had a gap, the London look in between my two teeth. So I relate to that one. I also had as if if being a girl in high school wasn't hard enough, just added factors. Missing your two front, two of your front teeth. Yeah. Yeah. It was really awesome. They're probably like, who is this fifth grader on the team? Like, Hey, it's me. Did, did, someone, did someone lose their child? I'm the cross. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a great season, guys. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't have a lisp, so looked out there. Just, you know, anytime I spoke or smiled, just black gaps. Yep. Really, just uh, truly thankful. Uh, <laughs> but uh, since my team was really good, especially my first two seasons on it, like even my freshman year, I got pulled up to the team. I was originally on JV and made technically, made, I guess, made varsity. Got pulled up later in the season, and it was expected that majority of the practice we would do sevens, and I would sit on the sideline. Like if you didn't, if you were freshman sophomore and like were the bottom of the pack, you didn't really play once we got to sevens, and didn't think anything of it because that was just the way it went. Um, or coach she is very well known but and she definitely earned who she is but as she got later in her career she just started getting girls who were talented versus like having to waste time teaching or improving people because in Garden City people will start getting trainers for their kids when they're like less than 10 years old like before they could, are even like remotely developed, which is insane to think about. But I mean, when I was training kids, I wasn't wasn't complaining about the money. <laughs> Just taking an hour and making like a quick 80 bucks. Um, but yeah, and then you move up in the rankings, obviously, as you get older, it was like very, especially, I don't know what the environment's like now, but I'd never heard of a freshman starting and you would only get into the game if we were like, had a running clock on the team. Um, so those were exciting days, just <laughs> getting on the field. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was like, even if I had an open lane to cage, like hit a junior or senior, like don't, don't take it. Right. Don't take the yeah. Because Which, like, I mean, God forbid you miss the goal. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, why, why does she think she can do this? I my freshman year, I was playing defense on, she was a senior at the time, looked up to her so much, Barbara Sullivan, um, she went to play at Notre Dame and wasn't like pretty sure she was an All-American and like Tewarton nominee. So she was a great athlete. She was soccer, basketball, and lacrosse and was great at all three. She was just a well-rounded athlete. And it was like little me, big Barb. And I like checked this the ball out of her stick and she just turned, boxed me out, and I just went flying. I was like, understood. Okay, got <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. How do I know my place. Yeah, well, like, yeah, not going to go easy on this little freshman. Um, she's going to show her place and what she's going to see on the field if she wants to get out there. Yep. Um, 
which was, I mean, I'm not gonna say a wake up call. It was just like, all right, if I want to be great, I have to look, I looked up to her and tried to be more like her. And it's actually funny after like I played against her professionally, which was really funny and fun. Cause I, I don't know the last time I've played a sport with her or like even seen her cause she works at Notre Dame still. So. Right. Yeah. So um, like what, what year, what time in high school did you know that you wanted to play in college or that you were, you wanted to transition from soccer to lacrosse to play in college? Um, I, I'm trying to think if it was my summer going into freshman year of high school or the summer going into sophomore. Um, I feel like it was, I don't honestly, it's kind of hard. Cause I know the summer going to freshman year, I went to England with one of my club soccer teams. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that'd be a little hard to balance that with lacrosse so maybe it was even like the fall or like during the school year um a freshman year is when I started club yeah but and then yeah just kind of once I started and even if it was from schools that mm-hmm. I wasn't even really that interested in or honestly I didn't even know what I was interested in or what I wanted in a school and there's right. that other group of people who like I want to go to like Duke, I want to go to Villanova. I want like they like have there's that and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm gonna eat for dinner today. Like not, <laughs> yeah. I am a freshman in high school, like I'm not concerned with right. that right now. Right. So did you like follow the lacrosse world in high school at all? Because I feel like, like to know where you want to go, like you have to follow those teams for a while. And if you don't, then it's just like well, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, I definitely did not follow the lacrosse world, like, at all. I didn't watch games, like, college games. I was more just like, oh, I'm a high school kid. I go to practice after school. Then I go to club practice. I go home, eat dinner, and do my homework. Yep. Then come summer, the tournaments, and, like, just kind of still play. Like, yeah, you know coaches are going to be on the sideline, but, like, if that's in your head, then you're probably not going to play so great. <laughs> I feel like that's a great mentality to have though, because you don't want to almost like put too much pressure on yourself when you're out there, because like you said, you're going to get in your own head. You're, you're out there to play the game. You're not there to impress the coaches necessarily. Exactly. Yeah. And as a coach now, it's not even, I feel like kids are so concerned with mistakes that they're making on the field but what we're looking for is like how are you reacting to that like okay maybe you got back checked but are you now walking or are you like are you fighting for that ball do you have like that grit to get it back like charlotte north best player in the country right now she makes mistakes but she doesn't give up like nobody's perfect and so many people are like oh my god the coach saw me shoots high to high and had it saved like that was my only shot they saw and it's like okay there's so many other pieces to the game that you guys are forgetting about yeah yeah I feel like we talk about that a lot on here like just that I mean like I've I mean I've played for like two colleges so I've talked to two different coaches about like what they look for when recruiting and um it a lot of times it's not it's like because I mean coaches can watch your film like anywhere but they come to tournaments to see how you play with your team and like how you act off the field as well 
And if you're not hustling to the ball, not helping people up, whatever, like they don't want you on their team. If you're going to act like an asshole. Exactly. Yeah. And like the biggest thing that we look for is like grit and hustle. Like those are two things you can't teach someone. If someone isn't great, at their left hand. Okay. Like that's something we can improve. We can tell you to work on, but like if someone doesn't care enough to go hustle for a ground ball or is lazy, like you, you can't teach them to be gritty and like hustle hard. Like you either have that or you don't. And it's up to them whether they want to work harder to develop that. It's nothing. It's not really something teachable from a coach's side. Right. Yeah. That has to be on your own kind of thing. Yeah. You definitely see that. I mean, you see that at all levels, honestly, like even in college. Right. It's, but it happens and some kids peak early and then get lazy in college, which isn't the best, but again, like yeah. recruiting kids from such a young age now, like you don't know if they're at their peak. You don't know if they're going to get at their, like if they're going to get better. So it's another like gamble recruiting 16 year olds. Right. Um, so what colleges were, did you look at first or like which ones caught your eye or reached out to you or whatever? Um, so, I mean, it was, I mean, I think the coolest school that like reached out to me was UNC or like that had like showed any sort of interest. I mean, <laughs> they're casually number one in the country right now. I don't yeah, think they were. Uh, like, okay. I know <laughs> no one can see like, this, but Haley just put air quotes around coolest like as if they're literally not one number one in the country right now (laughs) I was thinking more back in the day when I was being recruited I don't think they were number one (laughs) they were definitely like top but yeah yeah they're they're not and how did you feel when you realized you were like oh my god that's a d1 school that wants me Like, did you have any gauge for your own skill level? Because I feel like that can be really hard. Like that realization, you're like, oh, wait, (laughs) I can compete at that level. That's insane. So, I mean, I feel like this might come off cocky, (laughs) but (laughs) like from my high school, it was like expected you go and play D1. Okay. That's okay. That's fair. I mean, yeah, you did say you were number two. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And like even girls that like, even though our team was gigantic, girls that didn't even like like go to school to play lacrosse were like weird. Like, wow, can't believe so-and-so didn't go to school to play lacrosse or like- wild. Yeah, which is interesting. But I mean, yeah, UNC, I actually, so um, I forget what the actual name is like of um, a camp in Massachusetts. It was like the Nike something camp. But it's run just a ton of college coaches over a couple of days. And that's then the UNC assistant coach, he was working it. And like we had a connection because my club coach played at UNC. So like we had that connection, like formed like a bond through that. So like he definitely was watching me more when I'd be at his stations or in the scrimmages just from having just a normal human being conversation, not like, oh, my God. UNC coach oh my god I want to be recruited like just being a normal person even though I was such an awkward child at that age um (laughs) but yeah and like he was like straight up he was like you're like 
let's say like seventh on our list and like we're only taking four in your in the class and people don't usually say no to us and I was like <laughs> understandable <laughs> like all right just, sounds good just happy to be involved <laughs> happy to be here thanks for the consideration like yeah like i'll still take still take it who knows if i might have been like 20 on the list but maybe he just wanted to like make me feel better <laughs> but just to even be having like the conversation was cool yeah yeah um i remember princeton reached out one time and like to give them a call and i had like <laughs> i think my sister and my mom helped me kind of like write up a script to like have yeah and the coach didn't answer. And I literally read off of the paper. Like their <laughs> voicemail? Like, in, yep, left her a voicemail and like read off of the paper. And hello, like, coach. You sound my like name a is... robot. Mm-hmm. Hello, I am Haley. Delete that. Yeah, my, I didn't hear back from her. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. This yeah. is a spam call. And this is not a real person. Went to, like I visited Lafayette. Um, had like a meeting with the coach and whatnot. I guess I was super awkward and like didn't ask questions. She didn't like me very much. Um, but Dang, ended up playing against so, her. It's so and, weird. It's so weird. Like because you're saying how you're like awkward and like couldn't talk to people, but you're like a very like socially adept person so it's like odd yeah. to to well, hear I was, that about you I was very shy yeah like very reserved and like would just like sit there silently like any questions um I don't think so I have <laughs> like, I have questions but I'm not gonna ask them like uh is the same yeah. environment good probably <laughs> didn't even ask that question honestly <laughs> <laughs> But it's um, like my mom, I mean, not in the recruiting process because I didn't do that, but like in general, my mom used to like make me go to school, like in high school and be like, you have to ask like questions today. You have to <laughs> like, and I'd be like, okay. Yeah. Like, no, thank you. But, yeah. But I mean, the, so really the only two offers that, that I got were Brian and Colgate because I was also later in the recruiting process. So mm-hmm. like coaches didn't know me as much as like they knew other girls I went to high school with or on my club team. Cause they were, yeah. they put themselves out there earlier. Um, but it was like interesting. Brian was like, we were gonna, we want to revolve the program around you. Think you'd be great here. And then like low scholarship offer. Oof. And my dad was like, Hmm. They're saying they're going to revolve the program around you, yet this is all they're giving you. And my dad took it as, this is a business deal. Yeah. If you want them this badly, then you should be giving out more, like proving somehow that right. you care much about this recruit. And I know there's there are scholarships and if they have too much out, like you can only spend so much. You can't just magically pop up with some extra money. Right, right. But um. Colgate's offer like they offered me something and negotiated it up and I I went to actually it's funny Colgate first reached out to me for like to come to their clinic and um my mom was like so my oldest brother is like the brainiac out of 
brainiac of the family. Granted, like all my siblings are very intelligent, but he graduated high school with like a 104 GPA. Okay. So like, like 13th in his class, whatever, and got denied from Colgate. So when I came along and they reached out to me, my mom was like, I don't know. <laughs> I think they're lying. so funny and if you don't mind me asking how were you academically in high school so like (laughs) so like yeah we did like out of 100 I was like probably being like an 89 and 92 like oh okay yeah yeah I wasn't a bad student but like not Colgate standard yeah um and like test score I mean I don't even remember what my test scores were but like not Colgate standards either like they were good enough to play lacrosse there like to, for them to get me in there yeah what <laughs> do I straight up told me she was like oh yeah you were one of the ones we used to slip on and I was like <laughs> okay I'm a good lacrosse player like yeah you're welcome for putting all the goals in the back of the net <laughs> literally like, listen I can only have so many talents <laughs> now let me tell you my first half of college I was like I, I am a lacrosse player I don't do school didn't work out so well (laughs) you can't it wasn't so hot but you made it you made it through you made it through you did you did yeah so you get to college you're a freshman you start playing what is that like yeah so I would say I got the best piece of advice from one of my high school assistant coaches she played at Virginia okay um back in the day but she said, when you get to college, don't play like a freshman. Because you're, as you guys said, very catty in high school and a very clear hierarchy of what should happen and who's in control. But she's basically saying that in college, yes, to an extent it exists, but they want the best people on the field, players and coaches. And, um, One of my coaches told me that after a practice my freshman year, I like ran the ball coast to coast and scored. And one of our senior attackers was like, thank God. Like that, like, oh, finally, there's like someone that is like contributing, like that's coming in is going to help us, which was like a very nice compliment to hear. Yeah. Being a young player and a senior, like not being like, oh, can't believe she's like a ball hog and took that herself or something, which right. like, definitely happened in high school. But no, exactly. my favorite team I played with in my four years was my freshman year. The like leadership and like cohesiveness was incredible. And mm-hmm. we were allowed to join sororities and stuff, but that was never talked about in the locker room or anything involving lacrosse. Like we literally had no idea who was affiliated with what. And I think that was a big part of why, like, our culture was so good and we were so successful. Right. Yeah. Which, as the years went on, the leadership wasn't as strong in that sense and was much more worried about social life versus winning lacrosse games. Yeah. Which, from being someone who is overly competitive, (laughs) was a little frustrating to be a part of. Yeah. But. Yeah made it work. <laughs> I think we all can uh, relate to that one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, I, like even just an example, I went from a freshman class of 13 and graduated with only four on the team. Like the rest of them quit. Oh my God. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. Wow. That's which I mean, I mean, some of them, one that she was starting, she was playing and she was just like, I just don't love the game anymore. So when she gave that speech, I was like, I believe you. But when the other eight of them were like, I just like, don't love it the way I used to. I'm like, don't, I don't want to hear this fake sob story that you're giving us because we've heard it now from five other people, like same thing over and over again. Like like, just just quit, be done with it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to, you don't need to pad my feelings for that. Yeah. Like I'm really okay. Thanks. You're like, girl, I can tell you have other priorities. Bye. Yeah. Like as you have like a beer in your hand. Well, I, I miss it. It's, I just don't love it the way I used to. Like cares. Like in a like mini skirt and crop top, like, oh, just I used, but I gotta go. Please. Oh my God. 48 hour rule. Ugh. No, nah, just gonna too much, too restrictive. Yeah. Taking too much, it's taking away from my social life so much. I'm just really trapped. Oh my god. Yeah. But, I mean, at least I think it was better than them being miserable or be- being distracting in practices or on the sideline. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Take away some negativity. I know a whole lot about that one too. <laughs> Um, so you, so you said your favorite like team to play with was your freshman year. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, had, so our senior goalie just, first of all, was incredible. We were able like, just, we were able to do a 12 man ride, which we weren't able to do with any other team. Like she was able to come out and we were able to bump up, which is not a very easy thing <laughs> to do. And like just as a goalie was <clears throat> incredible. Um, we had a senior defender captain. She, we actually had two defender captains that always so positive, but while holding everyone accountable also and pushing everyone or like our coaches said, I don't, I've only ever seen Rachel have like one bad practice and it's because she was actually ill just feeling well. <laughs> it's like valid. But showing up practice, not like, mm, I'm not going to practice today, which I feel like a lot of people do nowadays. It's like, mm, stomach's not feeling so hot. I'm going to sit out or like migraine, or, like yeah. pop on the sideline. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. honestly, I so. honestly feel like, I feel like that is so like your upbringing. My parents never allowed that. And they were like, no, like if you're going to do something, you need to commit to it and you need to figure out how to time manage because you've committed to this and now you need to finish it. So like, I mean, like quitting was never like really an option for me unless it was like legitimately like harming me in some way. That was like never a question. Like if you're going to commit to something, you're going to do it and you're going to do it to your fullest potential and you're going to give everything that you have. And now I'm like so many things I feel like people just make a lot of excuses for themselves mm-hmm. and I think that can harm a team a lot yep. I agree 100% that was exactly exactly how I was raised it was like you weren't you, like you don't once you make a commitment to something like you don't quit it and so like you need yeah. to 
honor that commitment and like put forth 100% of your effort because otherwise why would you be yeah and like even like oh I want to try like gymnastics or something like especially as a kid I feel like we don't realize like our parents paid for us to do this so if we quit like their money just in the garbage yeah yeah so I mean that's also obviously older now we understand those things like I mean I'm sure that that wasn't the mental like why my parents I mean I know it wasn't that's why they told like like don't quit but like if you're as you guys said like you're going to commit to something like even if you don't enjoy it you got to ride it out till the end and if you don't want to renew whatever it is that you were a part of like even if it's like a club or like any sort of activity something involving school like just finish it out and you don't have to do it again the next year you decide that right but you, like you could change your mind like it could get better exactly so you finish it out yeah mm-hmm. like i've noticed like a lot of things nowadays is like all mindset like mental toughness where i feel like it's been lacking more in like the youth and like how people are being brought up and it's like just because mommy and daddy gave you everything growing up like you're a small fish in a big pond now you don't get to just get away with whatever you want and that's even a big thing i noticed even going to college um my like junior or senior year, one of freshmen or sophomores parents was like, oh, I can't believe my daughter's not playing. I can't believe blah, blah, blah. And it's like, everyone playing at the division one was the best in their high school. Honestly, they maybe not even been this school, but the best of the best. And like, you are now the small fish in the big pond. Like, okay, yeah, you were great in high school, but were you an All-American? Like, did you get all region awards? Did you like X, Y, like all these things? And like, when they hear that, they're still just like not happy because they're like, oh, my daughter's not playing. You know, it's like, she's gotta, gotta earn it. Can't just yep. expect things. Yep, yeah. I agree. You coached us at D3, um, you played at D1. And can you tell some of our listeners like the biggest differences, obviously besides like just time commitment between D1 and D3, but like on the field and like with practices and stuff, like expectations wise, what are the differences? Yeah. Um, I mean, even so last season when I was at Wilkes, after one of our games, I left and drove to Bucknell when, because when I was like already considering or like considering applying. Mm and watch them play against Colgate who are actually playing tomorrow. So it's kind of funny, full circle. Um, and the biggest thing was just the pace. Like the first thing I was like, oh my God, they're moving so fast. <laughs> like, and <laughs> no. um, um, and like, like speed, like just speed alone, like not even like shots or like passes or stick skills. Is there a difference in that as well? Yeah, but like the biggest notable difference was like, I was like, oh my God, this pace is so different. Like, I can't believe I I forgot this is what it looks like. They're sprinting and they're just jogging. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you mean to tell me they do conditioning? Um, uh, We do. What? Were they run? 
I mean, the fastest sport on two feet. That's crazy. I know. And like for the people that didn't pass the run test, we had a run club once a week, like in the mornings that I got to run. Yeah, I am sure that D3 looks like slow-mo. All, I mean, all my freshmen now, they're all like, I mean, we even have sophomores and juniors that like lack confidence or they're like, they're just scared. I'm like, stop being scared. Don't be afraid to step on toes. Like, please step on the toes and yeah. make upperclassmen know that their spot isn't secure. Like, yeah. and I like, when I, when I was younger, like I did not feel like I had anyone who, when I was playing in high school, didn't feel like any, I had anyone that like believed in me really. So like, even at, at, when I was a freshman in college, I was, I don't, I've said this multiple times, probably on this podcast, but I literally do not think I spoke for like at least a month and a half, did not speak to anyone. I was terrified. I was like, and you know, like Jesse and Mara in them, <laughs> Jesse is like, it's like yelling in practice, but like not in a, but you know, she's intimidating. Yeah. And I was like, like, I'm just like, get your shit together. Like, let's go. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. But let me tell you, it lit a fire under my ass to like, maybe I was terrified, but I was working hard and I was like, oh my God. But I definitely like, I was scared, but then like I would do things and people would cheer me on. And it was just like, oh wait, like, I'm not like, they're not mad. They're not going to be mad if I mess up. They're like going to encourage me. And like, that was the the huge difference between high school and college, because like you said, players aren't like the upperclassmen are not like mad. If an underclassman is better than them, there was nothing I loved more when we would like first see the freshmen play in college. And I'd be like, Oh my God, I'm so impressed. Like fantastic like this is wonderful you're only adding to the team and that is the biggest difference so yeah also um if your upperclassmen are upset that you're better than them um you don't need to like be friends with them that's okay yeah yeah. be be better than them take their spot and be um humble about it yeah Mm -hmm. and i mean upperclassmen some have the mentality like they just get complacent where yeah. I'm just going to, since I already use Charlotte North as an example, I'm going to stick with it. Like, do you think she got to be as good as she was by doing one dodge and being like, cool, this works on most people. Like, no, like she's best player in the country and she probably still goes out and does like, she asks coaches for individuals. She brings teammates out to the field and is like, I want to try this shot or this dodge. Like yeah. she's still trying to get better and she's already an incredible player. It's like, you could never be too good your stick skills can never be too good like my freshman and sophomore year part of the reason I like I remember finals week I left all my stuff in one of the cubicles to go play wall ball and go take shots because I was like "Mm, this is more fun than school or writing this paper so I was like I had one of the best sticks on the team but I was like we're gonna try something new we're gonna make sure I'm comfortable righty and lefty at everything like because very dominant lefty. So it's going to be scoutable. How can I be the best I can be for my team and make it the hardest for other teams to scout me so I can still be successful? Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Just hard to beat that mentality into some people's brains. Yeah. 
Um, so is there anything, is there anything you miss about coaching at a D3 level? <laughs> I miss you guys. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> workload was a little lighter. <laughs> um, there's, I mean, there's less like regulations and things that like need to be accounted for, which is just like extra things on my plate for work for like the office part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like so many people that aren't in coaching or lacrosse, they're like, oh, like, what do you, what do you mean you have like an office? Like, what do you, what do you do besides watch film? I'm like, yes, that is, a, that is a lot of it, but I do have like other jobs, office, like things to take care of. Yeah. Everything um, the head coach doesn't want to do. That's my job. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> like pass it down to me, even if it's just like, can you email this coach and ask about this? And I'm like, yep. Or it's like, can you input this or the girl's sizes, their food orders, like mm-hmm. a lot of tedious things. Yeah. Public um, service am- announcement, like growing up and getting a job is basically 90% sending emails. Oh, I mean, yeah, I worked in the corporate world before I coached. And of course, if I like took a vacation day, I'd come back to like at least 200 emails. Yep. It's like, great. How many Thank of these would I actually have to reply to? <laughs> yep. Thanks for that. Yeah, good times. What was some of your like summer workout plans for D1? Like, what did you do normally for workouts and things like that? Yeah. How extensive was it? I personally, I don't think ever actually followed the workout packets. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I would, so we would have a packet put together by our coaching staff and then also our strength coach. Mm -hmm. So we would have a plan for whether distance runs or like a kind of benchmark do our run test. Um, sometimes they would be longer runs, sometimes a sprint workout on the turf or on the track um, from our strength coach. That was obviously weightlifting and more agility, like change of direction sprints. Um, but we always knew what our run test was going into it. So you knew what your expectation was and whatever you needed to do to make sure you're making those times like it had to be done over the summer. I mean, uh, there at Colgate, our only consequence was having to retest, but I know other schools, like you can't practice until you pass the run test or like you're going to be benched the first game because coming back after winter break, you can't pass the run test. And that could be I was fortunate enough to start and play in every game in my collegiate career. And if not passing the run test was something that messed up that stat, like I would be so, so mad at myself. And it's it's something so controllable. It's just, again, comes down to like laziness and accountability. But like, I know like we were contemplating because we had a good chunk of people that came back after break and we were like you usually pass or like you at least the amount of reps you made is higher 
So like clearly not putting in work or effort while you're home and going to still expect yeah. to be keeping your starting spot or like being the first sub or whatever it might be. And here's the thing, like if you are nervous about the run test, that's on you because that means you didn't practice enough mm-hmm. to know that you can do it. Like you can like time yourself. That's all. Like, I mean, we had freshmen my last year that were so nervous that they threw up. And I was like, that is completely unacceptable because you should be able to sit here and be like, yeah, I can do that run to that should be like a non-variable. That should be the part of practice of your first day of college ball that like you are the most confident in because you can sit there and say, yes, I did this all summer. I know. And I have full confidence in myself that I can make good times. And that just shouldn't be an issue. Yeah. I mean, I don't know a school, any level that you show up to practice and be like, surprise, this is what you're running. Yeah. Your run test. Cause that's me. <laughs> and it just, sets no one up for success unless you're just someone who's gifted in running or you just ran like an absolute animal expecting the unexpected yeah but yeah I mean and again running is never fun and it's not supposed to be fun but then you add in the ball and your stick and it completely changes what running is yeah but it's again it's gonna suck if you're not in shape (laughs) during that game for sure. Yeah. Sure. But I mean, just to go back to expectations, it was like, you should show prepared stick work and like agility and condition, like being conditioned. Yeah. Um, so what was, what are some of your best memories playing college lacrosse or like the most memorable games? Um, um, I mean, for <laughs> good memory, um, beating Navy was definitely memorable on our home field. Insane. Yeah, that was really exciting. Um, not so memorable was losing to them in overtime my senior year and me carding out of the game. Oh, <laughs> what were your cards for? So the one, I the girl grabbed her head and I didn't touch her. But Navy always gets home field advantage. I mean, I still respect them as a team very much, but I find they get a little bit um, of favoritism by the refs. So that was my first one. And then second one, I did touch the girl's bun in overtime and carted out. I mean, it was a very difficult time. So there were a lot of emotions because my cousin passed away a few days before the game also. And the camera was right up in my face when I was carted out and I was like, not looking very happy. Everyone's like, you look pissed. I was like, well, yes, I was pissed, but I was also trying not to cry. <laughs> like, oh shit. On this camera. Yeah. And yeah, that, I can't even imagine having a camera. In- no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, pretty brutal. Yeah. And my brother was watching it like on like live streaming it. And he took a picture and was like, three goals in the ejection. You can't play, say she doesn't play hard. And I was like, thank you, Kevin. <laughs> like, oh, God. But um, I would also say my freshman year, we made it to the semifinals of the Patriot League. Um, 
I believe it was, yeah, my freshman year. And um, I mean, we lost, but just that experience, I never experienced that again in my four years. So just going to the hotel and um, Loyola was hosting it, which their stadium's cool. Um, remember, I got, um, that's when I got rookie of the year for the Patriot League. And so I got like my award there they announced it before the game. So that was just like a good experience. Yeah. And I mean, the game, we didn't play as well as we could have, but still just nice memory to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, For sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, if there is one thing that you could change about like playing in college or like one thing that you regret, what would you do? Oh, not be injured so much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> probably take care of my body a little better. Kind of mm-hmm. know if I feel like thought I was invincible. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you guys, I feel like I've told you guys about my lumpy quad, my. Yes. Yeah. So I put together somewhat recently that the day I tore it, the day before I um, did a bit of a Sunday fun day. Yeah. Mm. So just dehydrated, body not rested, didn't really take care of my body too well for that and led to me tearing my quad. (laughs) But in the moment I was like, oh, like, I mean, I felt fine, but like, don't realize the effects of it. Yeah. Um, Even though, I mean, I was in the training room like two or three times a day anyway. Um, Just that extra out of the training room, out of lacrosse, taking care of the body still. Um, Cause the Sunday funny definitely wasn't the most necessary. <laughs> um, just like little things like that. Cause yeah, now yeah. I just have this giant lump of scar tissue on my quad that probably could have been avoided if I just hung out on that Sunday and did yeah. homework. I, I remember when you, you said that you were like, yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then you're like, feel it. And I was like, oh, no, I don't like that. Yeah. Can you like feel it in your leg? Like, well, I know like from the outside, you can feel it. Can you personally feel it inside in like it? Oh, oh, like when I'm moving and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cause that would be. I thought you meant like to the touch. More gross. Yeah. Yeah, Cause I felt (laughs) it before. But I wasn't like. (laughs) We've all felt it. Yeah. No. um, I mean, one of the few times I was allowed to see the doctor was because they thought that my muscle was calcifying. Turning to stone. <laughs> literally, literally. Again, <laughs> like because this is an audio <laughs> platform, you can't see, but all of our, well, Delaney and I's <laughs> mouths just dropped to the floor. <laughs> That's yeah. terrifying. Played a whole season with like, I mean, I wouldn't change anything about like, I mean, would I have wanted to be injured less a hundred percent, but I would have hated to be told I couldn't play. Yeah. Like I played, I found out after the season when I went home and got like an MRI and x-ray, but I played an entire season with a stress fracture in my back. And like, I would, it was so bad to the point where like sleeping and rolling over, like I would wake up crying because it was so painful. 
and like taking the draw also like just a lot of back involvement mm-hmm. and like but I would have been so mad that if I went to the doctor and they're like you have to sit out and then me miss games or miss things because of the injury now I live with back pain but it's fine <laughs> yeah about that sister <laughs> yeah I got my back pain cut in half <laughs> damn respect yeah jealous of that one (laughs) (laughs) no I totally agree though like I mean before when I was younger like before you were there um when Cammy was still the coach um I we would when we would practice in UConn I literally just wasn't wearing good shoes and it sent like I had stress fractures in my shins to the point where like I couldn't run I mean shin splints but like a million times worse and like my whole like calves would cramp up and everything and I would like cry in practice because I would be like no I actually can't run and then it ended up being me in a boot for half a season and it was literally just because I wasn't wearing the right pair of sneakers and it's like yeah it's like could have just so easily been avoided yeah Yeah. just and it just got so far out of hand like what yeah Yeah. like that's I mean you even saying that when we were going to play the semi like at Loyola doing our pregame practice like the day before um the semifinals game our coach was like oh let's do something fun like you guys go to the top of the stadium we'll put a bucket in the middle like at the 50 Mm -hmm. and you whoever throws the ball closest like wins and that's when I had what my trainer thought was my IT band but I ended up getting knee surgery that summer but I remember like walking up the stairs like and again like I'm not gonna ask my coaches to not participate because I just practice the whole time like I'm gonna do everything that the team's doing Mm -hmm. and I just remember like walking up the stairs and like (laughs) a tear just like streaming down my face like just so sad and so much pain to like throw this freaking ball at like to try and get it near the bucket (laughs) like yeah it's really necessary yeah. (laughs) yeah And I was like, again, I was like, keep it together. <laughs> like, no, <literally>. the tear. <laughs> Suck oh, it back God. up. Yeah, literally. <laughs> oh, gosh. Good times. Oh, that's great. But I mean, like, it's um, funny now to, like, look back on. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your misery. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> How else would we get through life? Come on. Mm, facts. Like, <laughs> that's the end of the first part of our interview with coach Haley O'Hanlon come back in two weeks for the second part until then you can follow our Instagram chicks with sticks podcast you can also email us chicks with sticks podcast at gmail.com we hope you're still enjoying our coaching series we will catch you on the flip side